Okay, last week, uh, there was no episode because I was sick. It's not too bad. I caught a cold, but you can probably still hear my voice is a little rough. Uh, that means this is maybe going to be more of an NPR style version of the podcast as I gently speak into the mic. I'd like to say thank you to Malcolm M. That's good, good looking out, brother. It was a really nice thing you did, and it really helped me get back in the chair today to actually do some actual podcasting. So the week I get sick, I thought it was going to be Halloween, so it was going to be all Halloween news and and crazy events, and uh, it turns out their shutting down Shibuya actually worked, so there wasn't any sort of like big event. They moved to other areas, but those other areas, it just wasn't the same vibe. They didn't tear up the streets, so we just didn't get any exciting news. It was not terrible. Uh, There is way, lately, we've been getting like one gross, dirty old man story, and and the last two weeks have had... A multitude of dirty old man stories. So I guess this is my alibi because people like want to like, oh, a dirty old man did stuff. Peter, you're a dirty old man. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was in bed sick. I have an alibi. I just didn't have the the energy to be dirty. This is not very good. <laughs> uh... So sugar baby Riri-chan, I thought we were done with her. Uh, she didn't go down by herself. Mm, sex jokes come to mind really quick when you say stuff like that. Uh, she pulled down two hosts with her. <laughs> oh, she pulled down two hosts. Basically, it turns out this chick had made like a million dollars. And instead of keeping that million dollars so she could just basically live for the rest of her life without working, she went to host clubs and spent all her money on hosts. I don't expect criminals to be responsible, but some semblance of planning should be put into play. Like, she clearly just thought she was going to be scamming men forever, and my whole my whole deal with the sugar baby thing is it's based on the baby part. You're, you're, you're capitalizing on your youth, so you got to plan for when that runs out, because it's not going to last very long. The main claim is they know the money she was using at the host club came from fraud. So therefore, they are complicit in the fraud because they were accepting money that had been received via fraud. One of the hosts even sent a message to Riri-chan saying, I'm also an accomplice of Riri-chan. If she gets caught, I'll go down too. Which is kind of romantic in a way, except then it absolutely happened that way. So she got caught and you are going down too. The police raided the host bar to check the accounting, the books and see where the cash flow is coming from. But the fact is these two guys are getting nailed for fraud because you know, and they probably weren't nailing Riricha if we're being really honest, because that's the whole point of a host is just like the sugar baby thing is you keep stringing them along for much as long as possible. So they keep giving you money. She was ripping off these old men to get money from them, she was then turning around and giving that money to guys who were stringing her along and probably not giving her what she wanted. And I guess the cycle continues. Over one million nuisance calls have been made to the Japanese embassy in Beijing. So they've released the first batch of the Fukushima water from the plants. It had been determined that this was the safest way to do it, to release it in small batches into the ocean. China, Russia, both said, no, don't do that. The plan they came up with was disperse it into the atmosphere, which, 
Okay, I, I don't know the science behind it, but it doesn't seem better. I'm not saying it's worse. I, I don't know, but I don't think dispersing it one way over another, if you're dispersing it, that's bad. So if you're going to be angry, just be angry that it's been dispersed. Uh, because Japan didn't follow the plan that was put forward by Beijing, and why would they? Again, the incredibly contentious relationship these two countries have had over a bunch of years. I mean, there's no way they're going to be working together on something like this. So I guess the Chinese people wanted to express their discontent with the situation. So there were 40,000 calls made on August 25th, and that is 15,000 a day recently. And so a Japanese person who works at the embassy, maybe even a Chinese person who works for the embassy, answers the phone. And what they will either get is criticism, silence, or a bomb threat. I think I'm hitting the transition button too fast. I actually was going to talk about how that's not how you change anyone's mind. I think we all know that, though. I'm worried that I say the same things over and over again. And so that's that's I'm trying to decide, should I say everything that's in my head, which may be very repetitive, or do I just, like, stop and move on? Because I guess I could... See, this is the problem with being getting over an illness and trying to do a podcast is your brain doesn't work. The Archax. So I have had a theory that Japan is in the process of building its own mega mecha anime robot giant thing. Uh, they have not perfected, but they have created a railgun, a real functional railgun, which to me seems like very mech technology. Um, now there's a company. You can buy your own. It's 4.5 meters tall, so it's not giant yet. But, you know, it's big, big boy. Uh, 3.5 metric tons, so not imperial tons. Uh, they say that the controls are gentle enough that you can pick up an empty plastic bottle without crushing it. But then also you can crush it because it has the crushing power. It costs, so if you want this thing, it costs 400 million yen, which is 2.67 million dollars American. It does include training and a one-year maintenance guarantee. So that sounds cool. Like, okay, you get your mech, you get trained on how to use the mech, and now you get to go around and play with your mech. No, uh, you're not allowed to put it on the road. It's not road safe. It has a three-degree tilt warning. So if it tilts more than three degrees... Uh, a warning will go off, and actually at five degrees, it will stop. So because roads tilt more than five degrees quite regularly, uh, it won't be able to go on the road. So it has to go on only completely flat surfaces in the morning. I mean, this is not, it's not a prototype, but it is not, you know, a war machine designed for use in the field yet. This is sort of uh, how you make your money, because what they want to do is, first, we're going to create mechs, for personal entertainment. So rich people can drive around. Then we get more money. Then we're going to make more serious machines. And they're saying for disaster recovery and space development. But I think we all know what that really means is we're going to build a giant mech. And then recently, I think it was in Kagoshima, they took the giant spear from an anime, from Neon Evangelion, uh, Evo Genesis mode. Fuck. I didn't write this one down because I wasn't going to talk about it, but they, they stuck that in the ground. So you have these guys making a mech, you have a rail gun under construction by the military, and you have the actual fictional spear from an anime coming to life. Evangelion? Uh, what is it? Neon 
Genesis Evangelion, I think. And they took the spear from that, the model of it, and then the steel company actually made the steel and like stuck it in the ground. So now you have three of the elements that I think you need to create not just an anime, but the real life. You have the machine and the technology exists. You have the rail gun, so it actually can shoot like hypersonic things. And you have the spear to make it look so it can do the poses. Uh, inside, this was a bit, I actually found interesting. There's no window. So once you get in, it's just got screens in the cockpit. So that is, hmm. I don't know. I, it's a little claustrophobic for me, maybe. I, I would like a windscreen. I would like to be able to see outside. It's one of those things like in spaceships and stuff, it actually doesn't make sense to have windscreens so you can actually see. You would want displays, but at the same time, we're humans. And if we are in spaces with no, no windows, we kind of freak out the creator of Super Smash Brothers, Masahiro Sakurai. I have to write that down to make sure I get it right. I'm not a Super Smash Brothers fan, but I'm not. I'm not against it if you want to play it and have a good time. I, I hope you enjoy your life. Uh, he was playing Streets of Rage 2 on a video celebrating 40 years of Sega hardware. And I was stopped for a moment when Sega hardware? So I guess this is historically speaking because I don't think there's any Sega hardware anymore. They still make games. I still play all the Yakuza and uh, Like a Dragon games and stuff. So I'm still giving money to the Sega company. But hardware seemed to stand out to me as a, as a weird element of that sentence. So I think they were celebrating like 40 years ago, Sega used to have hardware, not 40 years of being in the hardware business. So he did a move so you could see up the skirt of the female character Blaze. Uh, in the Western version, you don't see anything. You can't do this this move and then see up her skirt. And he said, I think Japan, I think Japanese have a higher tolerance for itchy stuff, which is probably true. Uh, especially in modern society, I think the West has moved along where a lot of this stuff would get criticized quite heavily. Whereas in Japan, it's just like, ooh, panties. Um, and a lot of people, they wouldn't be angry about it. They'd be like, of course, panties. Because, I mean, my first thought was, like, of course the creator of a game knows how to do a move where you can look up a girl's pants. But then they put in these games where one of my favorite things in Lollipop Chainsaw and near Automata, Automata? Uh, was if you could get the camera down under where her skirt was, the character would, like, pull her skirt so you couldn't look up at her underwear. But if you did enough, you got an achievement. So when I found out, I did try to spend massive amounts of time trying to look up these girls' skirts. Not because I wanted to see up their skirts, because a digital underwear doesn't do it for me. Um, but I wanted the achievement, the creepy, creepy achievement, essentially. Um, this is not the first time the tolerance for violence in the West and the tolerance for like weird porn stuff in the East has come up. There was a conversation between two developers, and that's what they were talking about. They were saying like Japanese people just have a higher tolerance for sexuality whereas Western people have a higher tolerance for violence and saying like people say that one is bad and the other is acceptable. It's the same problem you have like on TV where a show will be rated for, let's say, teens and I'll have a massive amount of violence, but you can't show any boobies. But boobies, I would actually say, are less damaging than hours and hours of gore and violence. Who knows? Again, our rating system is, is, is a different way of thinking. I think boobies and butts and, and peni... Are, are less damaging than people might think they are. I don't think we should be like showing hardcore porn in films to kids. Uh, I think that's fair, but I think the human body just in its natural state is not such a big deal, and I think we shouldn't make it a big deal. 
And certainly mine's not a big deal. I'm sad now. It used to be a big deal. I used to be quite an attractive young man. Now I'm still getting over being sick. See, this is, I think this is another thing. Getting over being sick, you feel weak. And, and that is my most vulnerable state where I'm just like, oh, my whole life has gone wrong. <laughs> As opposed to like, I'm getting better. I'm like, ah, oh, if I was younger and stronger, this never would have happened in the first place. So I've played all the Yakuza games. They always have like weird dating sims and stuff. Uh, and they always have... Some of the Yakuza games had this like telephone thing where you call the girls. If you got friendly enough with the girl, you would get like a bikini rolling around video. And it was, I, I loved it because it felt so wrong. Like that was literally the reason. Seeing a girl in a bikini, that's not enough to do anything for me because I have the internet and I have, you know, hardcore penguin pornography if I want to look at it. Um, everything you want is already available to you on the internet. So this kind of stuff seems actually relatively innocent to me. Uh, but I did always, I enjoy getting those. I watched one and the thing is, if my wife walked in the room while I was watching one of those, I would have been more embarrassed than if I'd been watching pornography. Caesarea has had three incidences of frogs turning up in their salads between October 18th and 21st. They have a lettuce processing plant in Kanagawa and they think maybe some frogs got in there and it just got mixed up and then it got shipped out. So they've implemented, okay, Caesarea is shit. Let's, there's a lot of people will defend it and those people are wrong. Let's just put that out there right now. I've been to Caesarea twice. Uh, it's very cheap. That's fine. I'm not being critical of cheap, but I ordered a thing. It was supposed to be half chicken and half beef. And then I ate it and I couldn't tell which bits were chicken and which bits were beef. And at that point I was like, this is not food. This is just garbage trash that they put in front of you. The frogs in the salad probably would have increased the value of the salad to me because it'd be more protein. It would probably be more, and at least it shows you that the, the salad actually came from nature. It wasn't constructed in a, in a laboratory uh, to be made of runoff from a river which is what I would actually think Caesarea would do to keep their prices down. Uh, so from now on, there's a process they're going to implement, which I do not believe at all. They're saying they're going to take uh, the, the head of lettuce and then peel it back and inspect both sides of each leaf before it's processed. Which means the salad at Caesarea is either going to be like 15,000 yen for a plate of salad because you have to have it hand inspected or they're going to do it for like 10 minutes and then when the inspector goes away, go back to just doing whatever and hope that frogs don't get in there. And now we're on to the creepy news. It's very quick this time. Like, it's, that's very fast because there was a lot of creepy news. When I got sick, all the, oh, this is it. Ninja News Japan regularly, each week, tries to report on some creepy news and I put it out there. I put the world out on check. Old Dirty Men, because it's almost always Old Dirty Men, I'm watching you. I'm the Batman of Old Dirty Men. And I was, I was gone last week, and I was sick, and all the Dirty Men, all the Old Dirty Men are like, hey man, Ninja News Japan isn't on. Maybe it's our time to shine. We could go out, be dirty, and not get caught. Well, trick's on you, my friend. No, you're going to get arrested is actually the answer. Uh, there was a man sitting on a motorcycle, and he rolls up, and he grabs a woman's butt, and he says, how are you? And then he takes off. I don't know why. To me, grabbing someone's butt and how are you is incongruent. It's not, those don't match. You got to say something dirty or sexual 
or don't grab her butt. Like if you rolled up on a motorcycle and looked over at a nice lady and say, hey, nice lady, how are you? She might actually take that as a compliment. She might just keep walking, but you haven't committed a crime. Maybe that's it. I'm always thinking of a way to, to, to be creepy without actually breaking the law or committing a crime. Am I? No, that's not true. That sounds bad. That's not, let's just erase that little bit from history. I'm trying to be nice and happy and friendly. I'm not trying to be creepy at all. I think maybe we all have our creepy instincts. <laughs> ah, I've totally lost the thread because I started talking about myself instead of focusing on the creepy dude. Because I try to equate myself to the creepy dudes. Because what I'm actually thinking is, if I was in a similar situation, I'm on a motorcycle, I roll up, I see a woman I find attractive, what would I do? My first instinct would not be to grab her ass. That's fair. I might say, how are you? I might even say, hey, do you want to take a little motorcycle ride? I think the average person would find that quite exciting. You have to have a second helmet, but, you know, worst case scenario, they say no, and you haven't committed a crime, you don't go to jail. This has, the same complaint has made five times since last November. So we're going to go ahead and assume, which is not good detective work, by the way, but it's the same guy rolling up to corners, grabbing ladies' butts and saying, how are you? Because he has an M.O., a modus operandi. So his M.O. is consistent. So we're going to assume it's the same guy for now until we find out there's a gang of high how are you guys who are going around terrorizing women at the, the I guess, red lights. A man paid a middle school girl to come into his car and step on him. So technically, because of her age, she's like middle school. That's kidnapping. So not only has he done a creepy crime, he's taken it to a new level because he got this high school girl into his car, middle school girl, into his car. He's now guilty of probably sexual assault of some sort. He was a recipient. He didn't actually do anything to the girl, it seems. Again, I'm going on a very thin bit of information right now. So we're gonna let's put up sexual assault of some sort, solicitation at least. But then he absolutely is... Also, when kidnapping is like just a step up from that. So that's the kind of thing that just like the other stuff kind of goes away. If, you, if you're creepy with adults, it can actually go away pretty easily. If you're creepy with kids, kidnapping, man, that doesn't go away. Anyways, he, they met on Instagram. The girl had been introduced to stepping. This was in quotes by friends. I didn't know there was a term for this. I assume like, hey, crush my face with your foot. I mean, do you need a term for that? Step on my face? So I guess stepping is appropriate. I guess if you're going to give it a nickname, I'd want to give it a different nickname. Some kind of like creepy BDSM stuff. Um, he paid her several thousand yen, which actually is not that much because a thousand yen is like 10 bucks. Paid her several thousand yen to take off her shoes and socks, step on his face, and he could lick her foot. So like I said, that uh, solicitation. Her stepping on him, he's paying for that. So that's a paid sex service. Uh, licking her foot, that would be sexual assault. And then doing it in his car is kidnapping. This dude is in big trouble. Uh, he was caught and admitted to all the charges right away. He probably didn't think he was doing anything wrong because it was all technically consensual. But, you, you know, again, kids can't consent. That's something you got to remember. A Tokyo happening bar was raided. And this was interesting because this comes up every now and then. And the real question is, what is a happening bar? So happening is a Japanese uh, have adopted this English word, happening. And they use it for unique event or situation or story. So they will do like train happening. And it's like things that commonly happen on trains. A happening bar is essentially a place where 
patrons or customers can engage in sexual acts publicly, uh, and I assume safely with each other, like they're all there sort of consensually. There were 20 men and women in the bar, and the bar was raided and for facilitating public indecency. So this is an interesting question. Is it public indecency? So if I had 20 people over to my house and did stuff, that's not public indecency. If I had 20 people over to my house and made them pay, that is illegal. If I had 20 people, I guess a bar being a place of business, that becomes a public place. So it's public indecency. Okay, I'm just trying to work out how it works out. Um, By allowing the customers to walk around naked in front of others, they have been facilitating public indecency. The staff told the customers, you know, fight club rules. We don't talk about what happens in the happening bar. And of course, someone did. This bar was going on for three years and made 137 million yen. Yeah, you got to trust your clientele. And that's going to be the first part where this breaks down. Because there's also the thing, if I go to the happening bar and nothing happens to me, Maybe after a few times I get a little disgruntled and then I decide I'm going to shut down the bar. If I'm not having fun, then maybe no one else can have fun. So you have to make sure one of the things about business is making sure your customers are happy. And if it's your secret business, you have to make sure your customers are extra happy so they don't like rat out the secret. Yeah, I could see that one falling apart pretty quickly. If uh, I wonder how they, I'm actually more interested, less interested in what they did. You know, of course you want to know like what, what, sex acts happened in the happening bar to a degree. I don't need that many details. But what I'm most interested in is how did the police find out? Like, they clearly weren't advertising. They were trying to keep it a small, tight-knit group. (laughs) Tight-knit. Yeah, how does that get out? I'd I'd be interested in that part more than anything else, but I don't think we're going to get that information. This is a creepy story. Final story of the day. And uh, it's a slightly different mood from the rest, which I'm happy about. On October 30th, a woman went out of her apartment and she left the door open, which is not a great idea. Uh, she left the door unlocked. And when she returned, uh, her underwear had been washed and hung out to dry. So we do a lot of underwear theft stories. And I actually stopped. I put a little sort of like nicks on underwear theft stories because they were getting repetitive. You had to do something new and different for me to actually end up talking about it because we've talked about so many in the past. And really, it was just a case of volume. Who, If you managed to break some kind of record, maybe I would mention it. But actually stealing underwear now is no longer a viable story for Ninja News Japan. Going into someone's house, washing their underwear. Now, I'm going to go ahead and assume not dirty. Like he got the underwear, washed it, and then hung it out to dry. Uh, The culprit was caught by someone else who lived in the same building and then brought to the police station. He also lives in that building. Brought to the police. He admitted to the charges right away. So my assumption There's a lot of assuming going on, but it's because you don't get the details and we don't get to talk to these criminals. If someone can put me into contact with some of these criminals some days, I would like to have a sincere conversation about like, what do they get out of this? So I get like the idea that someone has been wearing underwear that you have that's been in contact with them. There is sort of like a layer of intimacy. And then there's the guys are going to be like, ooh, the smell or the touch or something or the thrill. Some people are in it for the thrill of the theft. This case, it doesn't seem like he actually took any underwear. So the thrill for him, he didn't hand wash it. He put it in a washing machine. Had to be violating someone else's personal space, doing something he wasn't supposed to do, and in a weird way maybe doing something. There could be the other side of it where he thought, 
oh, this lady's left her door open. I'll do something nice for her and wash her underwear, and she'll be really appreciative. It's showing that in mentally he lives in a completely different world than everyone else. But I would be very interested in the actual, sincerely, dude, what do you actually get out of this at the end of the day and see what he says? But we may never know. So I guess the only answer is for me to then break into someone's house and wash. I'm not doing that. I'm not lying. Thinking of all the, all the dangerous, risky things I did as a teenager and did a lot of stupid things, but it wasn't for creepy reasons. It was just thrills of doing something you're not supposed to do, which that's why I think this might be that. I think this might be more, he's not as sexually creepy as we might think because he washed her underwear. I think he's just violating her space was exciting uh, more than anything else. So don't do that. Someone leaves the door open. You know what you do? Just, just walk on by. I'm not sick anymore, but I'm, I got that like post sick lack of energy and it's not coming back. I don't know what to do. I ate some McDonald's for lunch thinking maybe the sugar and fat would help. It just made me sleepy again. (laughs) Everything seems to just make me sleepy right now. I bet I need to exercise, but because I can't use my knee for another week, the doctor said I'm not allowed to exercise. Uh, uh, It's a baby Chewbacca. It's your ASMR for today. The Baby Chewbacca Channel. Channel. Channel.